Welcome to the Santa Cruz Coffee Break. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on Apple Podcasts, please follow, hit the like button, or any subscribes. It really helps us with the algorithms. Santa Cruz Coffee Break is produced by the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum. All opinions are those of the speakers. We invite you to join us on the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum at SCGCPF for more fun. Now, let's get on with this installment of Santa Cruz Coffee Break. We would like to welcome everyone to the 46th Santa Cruz podcast of uh, Santa Cruz Guitar Players. And we have a very special treat today brought to us by the new Will Kahn. And Will hooked us up with Brandon Lee Adams. And I'm going to say Brandon Lee because apparently you must find him much easier in there. And he's going to tell us why that came about. And uh, welcome him in, Brandon. Um, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Richard. It's uh, really cool to be here. Uh, one of those those things you didn't even imagine would happen in childhood, and now it's actually happening. <laughs> it's really cool. cool, especially since I can my office. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the pleasure is truly ours because I will admit that I had not heard of you before until Will brought your name up. And I got to say, for the last four or five days, it's been a joy to listen to your playing and your music. And, and it's like, I can understand why uh, the folks at Santa Cruz were uh, so thrilled by hearing you. Oh, well, thank you. It's, it's, uh, uh, I'm still adjusting to that, to be honest. <laughs> I, I have purposely tried to stay kind of out of the limelight. Um, and I wanted to quietly make music that I really loved making. Uh, I never had really had a big desire for a whole lot of attention because it didn't matter to me, you know, to be honest. Uh, I didn't really care if there were a million people listening or, or, or five. I just wanted to make the music that I felt. And, uh, you know, through the years, I've, I've managed to kind of stay under the radar purposely. And uh, now I'm starting to poke my head out a little bit. Um, and that really is because uh, COVID cost me so much, you know, I was really having a, a nice little, hey, you know, under the radar, play some house concerts, do some session work, uh, record my albums, write my songs. And when COVID took everything, you know, basically, I lost like 55 shows and uh, all of the venues that I used to play, at least 75% of them aren't even back open. And I was like, well, you know, I've taken a lot for granted. And uh, maybe it's time for me to step up and uh, speak out a little bit more and say, hey, you know, here I am. Uh, please listen to me. And if you don't like it, that's cool. Uh, still how I feel about it. So, well, out, so out of the shadows, let's tell you a little bit about Brandon. There's plenty of authenticity to be found in Brandon's music with emotional lyrics and every track being recorded in a live studio setting in an electronic world. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Uh, kind of, uh, his first studio bluegrass album, Hardest Kind of Memories, was released in 2014. His influence, Tony Rice, is featured on the track. I think we all know Tony. On the track, I Long for 17. Brandon is someone their own voice, stated Tony, after working with Adams on the track. This Kentucky-based singer-songwriter and guitarist certainly presents his own unique voice that makes you, takes you on a journey back in time with a natural Appalachian feel. If this debut indie album is any indication, Brandon is someone who is intent on carrying on the bluegrass tradition, noted Peter Stone Brown from Up and Up Against It blog. If his solo albums weren't impressive enough, he's worked with many other notable artists and musicians during his career. At one point, Brandon was able to sit in with John McCune from the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, big heroes of mine, a lot of million people. In 2006, Brandon appeared in the, on a Grammy-nominated album, Celebration of Life, Musicians Against Childhood Cancer. Wonderful. It won an IBMA, International Bluegrass Musical Association Awards, Album of the Year Award for that year. You can also catch a live performance of the well-known American folk and gospel song, Wayfaring Stranger, on YouTube he did with bluegrass musicians. Johnny Stats and Gear, and Gear O'Donnell, showcasing, showcasing Brandon's incredible musicianship and talent. Adams has also appeared on PBS shows such as Songs of the Mountains, Songs at the Center. 
You can hear him playing a distinctive cover of Randy Newman's I Think It's Gonna Rain Today on the Fretboard Journal podcast and on their website. And that's a, a, a beautiful, beautiful recording. But uh, uh, welcome, Brandon. We're, we're so excited because a few, a few podcasts ago, we did what, uh, um, a, po a podcast with John Stubbings from the UK. And he mm -hmm. wrote a book called The Devil Is In It. And what we really came out of that with, with John was that he absolutely loved American music and American, and American folk music. And I think that's where you're at. Where in Kentucky are you? I'm not in Kentucky anymore. I need to get the website updated. Uh, <laughs> so, and, and I probably should have done that. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting you guys to even go looking, to be honest about it. Uh, I, I live in Virginia now, but um, I, I'm trying very hard to have simple answers, but it, my life is one of those that everything's a complicated answer. Um, to make this simple, I spent most of my life in a very small town, uh, doesn't even have a post office, a stoplight, um, called Webville, Kentucky. That's in eastern Kentucky, uh, right around Route 23, for uh, anybody who knows Route 23, north and south. And I grew up a stone's throw from Sandy Hook, Kentucky, where Ricky Skaggs and Keith Whitley um, were, were from. And uh, also Mr. Larry Cordell is kind of um, somebody I grew up around. Uh, all amazing artists and uh, folks I just you know listened to my entire life. Uh, you can't be from there and not know who Keith Whitley was uh, or Ricky Skaggs or Larry Cordell or, or the Judds, you know, or um, I was born in Charleston, West Virginia. The family, we would go backwards and forth every weekend from Charleston to Webville and we would work on the farm, go to church. I spent all my summer breaks, my spring breaks, basically uh, hoeing out tobacco and, and corn and bailing and tossing hay and then it was back to West Virginia to go to school. Uh, I hope that's an understandable uh, explanation of everything. It, uh, it, it, it does. I, uh, I spent two, two summers in, um, in Hazard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, exactly. no, no, right where you are. And um, I, I'm, I'm really uh, excited to bring up Keith Whitley because he's real under the radar guy that, um, it's quite a story and, oh. and quite a, quite a, quite a player. Yeah. And just a fantastic voice. He was one of those guys that, that people would say he has two voices. Uh, if you listen to how Keith sang with Ralph Stanley and then you compare it to how Keith sang when he was, you know, uh, when you say nothing at all and brotherly love, no stranger to the rain, two different voices equally as good. Mm -hmm. Uh, not a lot of artists, you know, have that almost a split personality voice, but Keith was one of them and uh, uh, just one, one hell of a talent. So, so I take it you're staying in Virginia now because you're not going back on weekends and uh, hoeing tobacco and bailing hay. You've managed to make enough of the music to uh, get your weekends off maybe? <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, the, the, long, the long story on that one is um, uh, you're getting married. Your wife's from North Carolina. So uh, I can make music from anywhere. I moved to North Carolina. We, uh, pre-pandemic, decided to uh, buy a historic home in Virginia. And, and it was, you know, the right market, the right time. So, you know, we got the house. And then the pandemic hits. So, oh crap, we just bought a house and now I'm doing this. So actually I took the year of the pandemic and I basically worked on doing house restoration about a block from me here. So I played, kept my chops up, but really didn't even think about music for an entire year as far as playing, touring, just, just basically me in the office, just uh, working it out. Um, but you know the folks are still back home in Kentucky, and we talk. Just been, it's been yeah, been a while. It's been an odd couple of years. It it really has. It's been a big adjustment. Yeah, it, 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 I think it's it, finding out about you. And when COVID hit, we were we were doing these podcasts um, 
we were doing them live at Santa Cruz Guitar. And the only thing we were doing was Richard or somebody from Santa Cruz Guitar. And we were doing them live and, and they were okay. They, they didn't really have a lot of, of voice. And when COVID hit and SCGC just basically shut down, you know, mm-hmm. until everybody figures out how we're gonna, how we're gonna deal with this, this world, um, we decided to take them live to Zoom. And one of the first things we, we, we talked about with people was we can't wait for this to be over because the music that's going to come out of this, and I think this is directly related to you, um, uh, the fact that you're now ready to stand up and, and, and go out there and, and let us know who you are. I, <laughs> for, for as much as your music has, has hit me in this past week, um that's a good thing <laughs> it's, it's kind of like everybody's been forced into the pits got their tires changed and their oil topped up and whatever else and now they're ready to get back out there and rev it up yeah exactly it's uh you know it looks like wow you know um i don't ever want to take for granted or miss another opportunity again um and wow. This is why we are where we are right now. And I think, I think you're right. It's a lot for a lot of artists. We're like, like, who were like me, it's just, I just need a little fix every now and then. I just need to play a couple of venues here and there and do a little here and there. And, and I've got my fix. Then you completely take it away from me. And it's like, okay, I'm never taking this for granted again. Uh, I'm going to work twice as hard and hope that it doesn't ever happen again. So, so tell us a little bit about how you got started playing guitar. You have a, a good story on uh, your website, um, but uh, tell us a little bit how you got into music and how you started playing guitar. Uh, it's, it's just been where I'm from, you know, uh, in, in the Appalachia region and the Eastern Kentucky, Huntington, West Virginia region. It's a part of life. It's, it's not a you know, people sing when they're working in the field. People sing, my grandmother's singing when she's hanging clothes on the line. It's music is just always there. It's just, you know, it's the same as breathing air. Everybody sings, everybody plays something. Um, it gets you through the hard times, it cheers you up. And for me, I was always just singing and I was always hmm. pretending to play. There was always a, pretend stage and the tobacco stick was a pretend guitar and um i was big into scooby-doo and jerry reed was on the scooby-doo show and like <laughs> oh wow, that's that's a really cool thing so i started listening to jerry reed and uh right around eight or nine years old it's you know i, I wouldn't just guess that's just the age i heard tony rice's church street blues album and it was like the skies opened up and the rays of sunshine were shining down. And like, I just like, I have to do this. I don't care what I have to do this. So a little kid, you know, uh, I got a, I think it was a $5 yard sale guitar and I'm eight or nine years old and I'm dragging it around the yard and I'm sitting down and I'm beating it to death. But I'm singing those, you know, Norman Blake tunes from the album and, the, you know, the Bob Dylan tune on the album. Uh, and I'm sitting there like, wow, this I just have to do it. So that's kind of really the genesis of, of me wanting to play guitar was basically wanting to play the Church Street Blues album, uh, if that makes any sense. Uh, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. It, complete sense. When, we, yeah. when we were talking to Joe Smothers, uh, he was one of the only ones who actually admitted that he started playing guitar to, to meet girls and he met his wife. So, you know, <laughs> job <laughs> done for one guy. Jo- job done. Yeah. Um, I was I was too young for, for the girls. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you heard the uh, the. And I don't know why I'm so blank on it right at the moment, but um, have you heard the the remake of uh, that um, Chris Thiel has done on Church Street? Oh yeah, Street? yeah. I saw that live. I saw that show live. It's unbelievable. What what they did? Uh, I, I think Tony would totally be proud of what they did with that. It's brilliant. <laughs> 
just brilliant what they did with that. The story, the story behind what they did and, and how they did it. And, and, and that is, um, is really unbelievable. But uh, to, to watch them perform it live, I never got a chance to see him. Right. You know, not from our part of the country, you know, very, very often. I never got a chance to have that opportunity. But, but um, what an honor to him. How'd you guys meet? How, how do you meet? How do you meet your your eight year old Scooby Doo hero? <laughs> when, <laughs> you know, I I you know it it, it all seemed like um, dumb luck. Um, I remember the days of MySpace. If if you guys can remember MySpace, it was a really cool social media music platform. And I uploaded a bunch of my music that I'd recorded to MySpace. And, you know, I'm a real go-getter, do-it-yourselfer. So I'm sending out all these friend requests, you know, and here is Tony Rice on MySpace. I'm like, it's probably not Tony Rice. So, you know, do it anyways. And what he accepts my MySpace friend request. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Somebody pretending to be Tony Rice's, you know. And then you do the little messaging. Uh, excuse me, sir. I don't really know how the the conversation even went, but he actually took the time to listen to the songs that I had up there, and we started just simple backwards and forth conversations because I'm like, ah, this isn't nice, you know. And then after maybe a month or two of the back and forth, and not not in big gobs, just a, a random hello, how are you? Um, I said, would you ever consider recording with me? And the answer back was yes. And I'm like, well, that's really cool. Somebody pretending to be Tony Rice. Record <laughs> with me. But I kept it on the back shelf, you know, because I, I still was working a day job and playing wherever I could play. And um, then, you know, the time came down to it where this thing clicked in my head, said, you know what, let's make this happen. You know, let's find out what we have to do to make this happen. So I say, okay, well, I've got a, I've got a song that I would love to record with you. I'd written the song along for 17. And I wrote that song thinking about the Norman Blake and Tony Rice albums, those Blake and Rice albums, and thinking, you know, what would be a cool song that I can write that would be Blake and Ricey or Church Street Bluesy? That song came out. And then Dumb Luck, you know, uh, Hey, um, so I've got a great song. Uh, do you remember me? And would you care to, you know, how can I get in the studio with you and record this? And lo and behold, he sent me his uh, booking agent at the time was Keith Case and Associates. He sent me Keith Case's phone number. and said, call Keith Case and let's set it up. So I called Keith Case and... Some months went by. So this, this is, takes, you know, several years of doing. It wasn't just, you know, overnight. And then I got a phone call about six months after with some dates. And I got a phone call from Keith Case saying, Tony wants your number. And I'm like, sure, Tony Rice wants my number, whatever. You know? <laughs> and I remember I was teaching at the time. I was a, a guitar teacher and gigger, you know, kind of like, like most of us, you know, trying to make a living making music. And I get a phone call on my cell phone and it's, hey, is this Brandon? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, who's this? This is Tony. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this, is, this is not the time to, to joke around. So I put it on speakerphone and lo and behold, it was Tony Rice. Um, and we set up the studio session and then the rest is history after that. Um, so had you sent him the song or had you played him the song and... and no, no, he just uh, he just kind of went from uh, my previous work because I just told him, hey, you know, I've written a song that that would be perfect for you, and uh, we just we cut that sucker live. He heard it the that night in the studio was his first time hearing the song. Wow, wow. And we've got uh, I've got about three three and a half hours of just. Me and Tony, just two guitars and my vocal. Oh, wow. That. That's got to be incredible. That, that's, yeah. 
Uh, for about the first half hour, my right hand was shaking so much I couldn't play. <laughs> there, there's about a, a half hour of me apologizing uh, for not being able to strum a, you know, a, a C major chord. Uh, and probably the greatest learning experience of my life was sitting in that studio with Tony and he barely said three words while we were recording, you know, but it was the things he didn't say and the things he would say, like, that was good, but let's do it again. You know, or that's a good take. Let's do it again. Uh, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, well, I thought that take was really great. Why aren't we doing it again? And probably it was the fact that I wasn't counting measures because I was too busy trying to breathe correctly uh, next to the great one, you know. Um, but still, you know, the, probably the coolest musical thing I'm ever going to do uh, for the rest of my life. Yeah. I think I think you're a little young to make that call, but yeah. uh, <laughs> you know that'll definitely be up there amongst the 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 top three or four for sure. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, right now. I mean, right now, that's number one. I think I, I don't know how I can top that one. You know, Tony's Tony's the man will always be the man to me. So what guitar did you play on that session? I played a custom guitar uh, from a builder. Um, and uh, if, if I recall correctly, uh, called a cotton. And uh, East Indian rosewood back and sides, German spruce top, uh, enlarged sound hole, if this is sounding familiar. Um, really, really nice guitar. But basically, I just played a real simple rhythm behind Tony because uh, I didn't feel like it was, it just didn't make sense to try to let me show people that I can play modal scales and things behind the master. Said, how's about I just lay a nice foundation that you can paint on? Uh, so I really didn't do anything fancy except play, you know, a, a three four rhythm, you know, behind the man here, or was it a four four rhythm? I'm sorry, not three four. It's not a waltz. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't play the song often anymore. With without Tony, I kind of don't want to play it. That's a that yeah. That's do you remember what guitar Tony played? He played the old Martin. He played the, the uh -huh. antique. And uh, when that thing came through the ears, I remember I had my headphones on. And when that thing came through, it was like, I almost wanted to cry. Because it's like, that's, that's it. That's the tone. That's the everything that I've been listening to my entire life. And it's now sitting exactly to my immediate left. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a real come to Jesus, you know, evening for myself. Wow. Um, and really, if you guys like, I get to like the entire story of that day, which I've... I would say, I would say, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. It's... And it's our show. <laughs> so, so we'd love to hear it. And yours, Brandon, and yours. Hey, it's, it's one of those things where I thought about, oh, should I write this down? Should I blog it? But it kind of goes to attest to just what kind of person. Uh, I, I am blessed enough and lucky enough and, and truly, truly lucky enough to get to say that Tony wasn't just the master. I mean, he was a fine human being. He was, he was a truly, truly beautiful person. Um, so the day of the recording, you know, it's, it was at Abaya Studios in Kernersville, North Carolina. It was a studio that Tony had handpicked to record in. And um, I was in Kentucky at the time. So some buddies wanted to come along with me and I'm all about, hey, if you can give back to somebody or, or let somebody share a moment. And uh, I, always, I always feel like if you can help or if you could be a blessing to somebody, uh, it always comes back to you tenfold. So we load up in, in the van and we get to driving towards uh, Kernersville, North Carolina. And right around Bluefield, West Virginia, the transmission light comes on and smoke starts bellowing up uh, from the hood. We coast the van into the Virginia 
rest area and stop. And I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, I am three and a half hours away from recording with my lifelong hero. And I got smoke coming up and transmission lights going off. And I have no clue how to handle that. I said, you know, the only thing going through my mind as well, that they lost a van, I guess I have to hitchhike because I'm not missing this section, this session. So I grabbed a friend's cell phone, my cell phone. I had four lines going at one time. One line was to the studio to say, I'm going to be, can we push the session an hour? Because I wanted to give myself a little extra breathing room. On the other line is Tony saying, um, I'm dropped my transmission and I need to push the session an hour. And he's like, well, man, we can reschedule this. I said, I have waited my entire life. We are not rescheduling this if I have to hitchhike. Uh, the other phone was to do Enterprise Rent-A-Car. And on the other line of the other phone was the local tow truck company so that they could tow the van into Enterprise Rent-A-Car. So I load up into the tow truck, get to Enterprise, which is, thankfully was just right around the corner, get a rental car. I have no clue what I'm going to do with this van the next day because, you know, I am two states away. And I have no way I'm going to be able to afford a tow bill from states for this stupid van. But I don't care because I've got to get to this session. I've got to record this song. It's, it just has to happen. And we're in there, get into the, to the studio a little bit late. And we go through the session. And I think, I think one, of the, one of the things Tony asked me, he's like, man, are you all right? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. He said, do you need a shot? You know, we, there might be some whiskey around here. Or, you know, you look like you're a little bit, you're a little bit uh, uh, stressed out. I said, oh. I said man, I, yeah, I'm a lot bit stressed out. <clears throat> he said, don't worry, 100 years from now, nobody's going to care about any of this. <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. So let's go record with, you know, your lifelong hero. So we got through the session. And really just some, some really amazing, tasteful, great takes. And at the end of it, he asks me, he said, by the way, how much money did, did Keith Case tell you that I was supposed to get for this session? <laughs> and I said, you don't know? He said, no, I don't know. So I paid him. And he looked at he looked at the money because I've always believed if you can pay a musician cash, pay him cash so they can hide it. Um, he looked at it and he gave me half back and he said, "This is my donation to your cause." And uh, that was the end of that night. Uh, we just we you know had a had a friendship ever since then. So it was worth dropping of the missions and the tow trucks and the. Um, just the sheer amount of worry and stress. I, I literally thought I was going to have a heart attack, uh, but it was worth every every minute of it. Well, I, don't worry. We don't allow any IRS agents to listen to our podcasts. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, we, have, we, have, we have that blocked. We figured out how to do that in the past couple of days. So, so we have that blocked pretty well. Um, what 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 a what a tale! I yeah. I I I hung up on Neil Young <laughs> <laughs> he, he called us and he said, "This is Neil Neil Young." And I, I said, "Oh yeah, sure, click." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hear you, man. Hey, I get yeah. it. It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, sure, right. You know, yeah, right. This 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 isn't happening. Um, that's uh. That's that's almost predestined, and especially and especially to 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 have the car die. Because <laughs> it, it, it's like it, it's really hard to make that up. No, you know, no, just... nobody would believe you if, if you were writing that as a story because that nobody would say, "Oh, that's just he did that for drama." You know that, that he's just doing that for to to increase some tension. No, yeah, you, did, yeah. you know you didn't need it. <laughs> but that's what I was thinking: is if you submitted that as a script for a movie, somebody would say, "Oh, I think maybe you're taking this a step too far." <laughs> yeah, you got too far on this one. Oh no, I have I have buddies for witnesses, and and oh, I don't sure. have 
bills because it's been several years. I don't think I have the receipts for any of the any of it to. No, no, I, that's God's honest truth. Yeah. Um, no, did, did the van become a planter in Virginia? No, I think it's it's, it's it was actually a friend's van. I I think he's still using the thing. I haven't talked to him in a while, but he probably still has the van. Uh, it turns out it was a faulty valve that caused the issue with the the transmission. Um, God's just, little God's little joke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, just exactly. Really, God's little joke on that one. I I, I get that. Um, since you are recording. Are you doing any recording yourself at home or are you studios for that? And could you give us a little insight on how that works for you? Well, I will say um, I did release an album in 2018 called uh, Time That I Was Leaving. I did that for a small indie label uh, and COVID kind of took that. But, you know, it did, it did everything to everybody. So you, we might as well say that 2019, 2020 belongs to, you know, COVID. Uh, we charted three songs off the album, and uh, or I charted three songs off. I say we because the label was involved, um, but really, really happy about. It. Didn't, but you can't really promote a lot uh, when nobody's venturing out. So I was proud of that. I was proud that that uh, three songs that I had written made it to the national bluegrass charts, and uh, just wasn't able to tour and promote it. Uh, what what I do like. Actually, what I'm, I'm doing now is I am in the midst of filming season one of a new television show uh, called The Life of a Musician for uh, several PBS stations here on the East Coast and uh, starting to release nationally uh, in January of next year. And I've already interviewed um, Sammy Sheeler, John Jurgensen. Larry Cordell, uh, I've got John McEwen coming to the house here in a couple of weeks. Uh, Carl wow. Jackson. Wow. Um, really, really excited about that. Um, uh, I'm excited to sit down with the guy. And, and really, it's like what we're doing here. We're just having a conversation. Uh, only my show, we're adding, you know, live musical performance in a one-on-one -on -one setting, me and the artist. Sure. That sounds great. Oh, how, how did you land into that? That sounds really amazing. Uh, dumb luck. Okay. Uh, my, my entire career has been nothing but luck, I swear. Um, no, I, I, you know, I've been on PBS a few times. And um, once again, another COVID thing where I was like, you know, my gigs aren't happening. So the local PBS here in this area, they were fans of my work. And uh, I, we did a set down meeting and I decided I'm going to executive produce, produce and host uh, my own television show. And they said, we love it. Let's do it now. Go make it happen. Uh, so, so this is just another incredible thing coming out of COVID, basically. Right. It's just I, I, I was raised that you have to work to eat. And there's no such thing as you can't. If you're willing to work for it, you can make it happen. And though I'm not working, you know, working on restoring houses, but though I'm not working, you know, a, a labor job or a job that requires, you know, a lot of work, I still try to apply that work ethic to everything else I do, be it, you know, playing my guitar or writing or, or recording an album or, you know, it doesn't have to be a physical job to still have a good work ethic. Uh, and I think that's that right there is maybe the difference between me and others is I'm, I'm I will work 18 hours a day, seven days a week. And other folks, maybe not, you know, uh, at least for me, that's that's proven to be how things happen. It's just stubbornness and, and hard work. So, so I'm, I'm intrigued with you're doing this production in your house. I mean, admittedly, that technology and, and the products have become more accessible, more easy to use. How are you setting up and how are you doing this? I mean, no, we're, we're, we're shooting the show in several locations. PBS is providing a film crew. There you go. Ah, okay. There you go. 
So we, we're shooting this in several locations with with the the lighting and the film crew and the the mics and the, it's it's actually really 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 professional, um, which I'm not used to, but I'm I'm getting used to fast because I have to. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Uh, but to go back to your question about uh, or do you uh, you want to stay on this or do you want to go back and answer the uh, recording studio question well it, it's all it's all together yeah it's just... yeah it's you're driving oh cool I, i'm trying to I'm things uh, i have one of those minds that likes to jump uh, you're into... driving you're driving <laughs> so to go back and answer your question about uh, recording studio settings i have done uh, probably every kind of i i for 20 years i have been a musician, but I've also been a tree climber and uh, a welder and a drywaller and a you know house painter and house scraper. I've always approached anything when it comes to recording is is you know if I'm going to bust my butt, I want it to be how I want it. Uh, so I like live. I like to have the band in the studio together. Uh, and, you know, you need isolation both so you don't get bleed over into the other mics. Um, and if you can write charts and get everybody on the same page or even send demos out to the other artists early so they can show up with their own charts. Uh, and when you cut, um, try to do a full band thing, you know, even if you want to sing a scratch vocal, still have the, the full band in there with it. Uh, and if you need to replace something, do like a full band punch, you know, instead of an isolation, you know, spot. It's more expensive that way. And it's harder to do it that way. Uh, especially when you're dealing with, with artists like, you know, Scott Vestal was on that Hardest Kind of Memories album. Um, and I don't play with Scott every day. You know, uh, we will talk on the phone, but if I play with him once every couple of years, you know, so it's tough to do that. But I like for my music, I like it to have almost on the edge of unfixable. And because uh, you can find a lot of beauty in the almost mistakes or those spots where like, oh, I'm about to hit the wall, save it. Uh, and you can't recreate those moments because they're, you know, they're, they're just magical, they're rare. And, and a lot of times you're gonna hit the wall and, and totally mess up and then you gotta do it again. but those one or two spots where it was really magical is worth it to me. Uh, it is not cost effective by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, if you want to save money and still get a very good product, um, use a click track, lay down your, your basic stuff, uh, go in over top of that and do your solos over top of that to that click track. So you can take and you can cut and paste one perfect solo, even if it took you five to make the one. Uh, and that saves a lot of time. And you don't have to be present in the studio for that. I can sit here in my home and use GarageBand and, and other artists send me their tracks. And I can go over it as many times. And I usually send people, here's five takes of your song. And you choose which one of the five you like. Or if you know an engineer, take all five takes and splice one best of, you know, uh, for your album. So I, I hope that answers it and wasn't yeah. stupid. No, and, and it, 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 it's really true. I, I, I started in the studio in the mid seventies and worked in, in, in pretty famous studios until the late eighties and uh, really got to see that, you know, that was, that was a period where everybody was, you know, the guitar player was never there, you know, mm -hmm. and then the guitar player would come in for three days and do his overdubs and things like that. And, you know, then and a lot of times the band wasn't even talking to each other and, you know, it, it just, just really all that stuff. And then, and then you look at get back the Beatles get back. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, if that doesn't blow your mind from a recording aspect, because First of all, they have absolutely no isolation in there. Oh yeah, they have a live PA in the room so they can hear. <laughs> That's great. You know, they have a live PA in the room 
So and they, they got they, four they, tracks. And they got four tracks. <laughs> it, it's it, 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 two mics on Ringo, you know, yeah, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, that's it. There's, there's life in, there's life in it when it's live. So exactly. So you Brandon, you, you, you mentioned GarageBand. What, what kind of a rig do you use for your home studio or your or home recording? And is it the same that you use if you were to go out and play live? Oh, no, no. Uh, the GarageBand is just simple, whatever comes with the Mac GarageBand, because yeah. I, don't have to worry, I don't have to worry about recording with Taylor Swift or, you know, Alison <laughs> Crowley. Uh, not I am yet, not, not yet. I am not on that uh, radar or level. Um, but, uh, I just, I set up a, a, a buyer dynamic Fox mic. It's a USB mic that plugs directly into the computer. Uh, and it gets a really good sound. I can listen to playbacks. Uh, and, and that's just for, you know, folks who don't have the money or, or want to spend the money to, to pay me to come, you know, seven hours away. Um, just, it doesn't make sense to do it in any other way. Um, when I, when I go out and play live, um, I use, uh, I just, I just got these in, I got a matched set of ear trumpet Edwina. Oh, mic. stop it. Stop it. We know those mics. Yeah. You, you're talking to a, uh, fanatic. I, I did. I, I used, I used them about six years ago with uh, Jamie Stillway and Eric Sky up in um, up in Portland. And I was in love with them then. And I was like, you know, I thought I was kind of a hot guy. And I said, can I get a deal on some of these? And they said, well, you know, we don't really give deals. And I'm like, oh, you know. And then I started listening to those microphones and holy cow. They are absolutely fantastic. And, and we use them. On, on the TV show, I use them in, in the studio setting. Uh, I was just in DC this past four days uh, at Blue Ribbon Studios in uh, Falls Church, and I used them. Um, they're, they're fantastic. It's just, it's just what you want when you want to hear authentic acoustic. Just this is what it sounds like. Um, that and I, uh, I play my, my TRP and um, I've got a, an Anthem, uh, LR Bags Anthem uh, DI in it, but um, I try to keep it as, as pure acoustic as, as humanly possible, unless the situation dictates I shouldn't. Uh, so uh, just getting to see uh, Bella Flex Bluegrass, my bluegrass heart, and, and all these guys working around that one microphone. There's something real authentic about that. You know, there's just, it feels right to watch it. it it might not be the the best personal perfect sound but boy it sure does feel right when you're watching yeah it. it's it's just what goes through my mind is like man this is this is what pat line was doing you know this is what grandpa jones was doing or elvis presley ray charles you know we we didn't have any of the technology, but man, we had the mics. And, had the, yeah, we had the mics. And so, and, and for me, it makes me respect them that much more because you know I've, I've been on stages where I've had like the in-air monitors and uh, the DI go in and I can have whatever I want in this ear so I can leave this ear open. And man, take all of that away. And then how much more do you respect the people who have made that sound that you admire? without the technology. Yeah. It's like, wow, I'm nowhere near as good as I thought I was. There's so much there that, that we can draw from, yeah. draw from the past, you know, and, and if, if, if we want to, I mean, that's a choice. Yeah. You know, right. it's, like, it, 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 it's a choice to either be authentic or to just, just get it done. But even in, I, I mean, I'm following Billy Strings a little bit right now. And um, those are huge shows. Mm -hmm. I mean, Absolutely. huge shows, 20,000 people. And he's pulling it off with an acoustic guitar, you know? Um, yeah. 
that's exciting to see you know that 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 is really exciting to see um i wanted to to backtrack backtrack and go in a slightly different direction brandon you mentioned earlier on that you know growing up music was like breathing and you know just what you did um and when you said that it made me realize that that was kind of how i felt about listening to your albums and your songs there is something so natural about them. Um, they sound like stuff that you may have heard a thousand times, like it's 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 in your genes or in your blood, but it's new and, and it just, it feels right. How do you approach songwriting? How do you approach the, the process? Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure, sorry that there's not gonna be an easy answer to this one. <laughs> uh, a, a lot of times they hit me uh, out of the blue. Um, a melody or a feeling, you know, uh, or a hook line or the, the however, however they happen. And I, and I say that because the music's already, oh, it's, the music is already out there. The music already exists. It's just a matter of connecting to it and putting it all together it's it's been there for eternity um it's just a matter of taking the time to to put it together um what i like to do uh like i guess like simple little little things would be i don't like to say the same word twice you know uh so or i don't like repeating lines so i try to look for a, a different way of saying the same thing um, and I usually write the melody and the lyrics together. I'm not very good at just writing lyrics without a melody. They all kind of happen as, as a bunch in my mind. Um, and a lot of times I'll be doing something completely different. Like uh, when I wrote the title cut for my last album, Time That I Was Leaving, I was fixing a fence line uh, in the middle of a field while a train came through. And I'm pulling this fence line and that train's blowing and I just get in my mind, well, it's time that I was leaving. I can hear the whistle moan. And I'm singing that to myself all day long, you know, as I'm working on that. And it was, and, and I didn't have chords for it, but I had the melody and I had the feel and I had the start of the song. So it wasn't until I put my guitar in my hands that I actually knew what the chords were. And then bam, you add the guitar and then all of a sudden everything starts to click the wheel really starts to spin when you when you add that and so if you can get the heart of the song if you can get that heart if you can get the melody and the feel and the chord structure that you want you can take and that's basically that's your clay you know you, you've got the outline in your clay uh, now you can take your time with it so you've got your feeling, you've got your message, you've got what you want to say. But now you can do things like, okay, we, we, we want a solo here, so let's knock that off. Or how do I want to say that particular line? Or you've got it all written out and you read it back and you say, it doesn't really flow, it doesn't really flow lyrically. How does that, how is, what is the simplest way that I can make that work? within this melody. So some of them happen 15 minutes, you know, that I've written songs that took a decade to write. Um, but that's, I, that's the best as I can explain it, um, if that makes any sense. I'm, I'm, I, it, it makes perfect sense to me because it, it's really unusual to get a chance to talk to somebody that is as in process and I think I think that you are in process. And 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 why I say that is I I wrote you a question about your picking style. And and it's a real hybrid style, but it was a little bit different. And your answer to me was, well, I just do what the song needs. Right. It's just situation. <laughs> and and that is obviously it reflects in your songwriting it, it reflects in 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 you as a person i mean congratulations 
thank, thank you. I, uh, I, I, to, to me, I just believe in keep things simple. You know, if, if the song needs this, then, then give it that, you know. Um, and then sometimes giving it that means requires a little bit more work than, you know, uh, so the song needs, uh, the song needs a finger picked section. Okay, well, if you already know how to finger pick, it's great. But if you don't know how to, then the song demands a little bit more than you're ready for. So, crap, now I have to go back and learn how to finger pick. But, you know, you know, uh, uh, what, what's that old uh, necessity is the, the mother of all invention? Yeah. Or, uh, or just necessity is a mother. That's yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's, it's intriguing to me that um, I think the skill that you bring to that is that you have the ability to listen and know what the song needs. And I think that that's something a lot of musicians don't necessarily have is, you know, they'll know that the song is missing something, but they aren't sure what it is and not sure how to add it. Um, so I think that's a, that's the, the step that you've taken that I think a lot of songwriter musicians haven't quite been able to master. Um, well, it's, it's, it's all a work in progress. I mean, it's, it's not a, uh, there's nothing easy, uh, man, if, man, if they would all happen easy, that'd be great. Uh, and it takes, you know, it's, 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 what's that old saying? It's, um, it's simple, but hard at the same time, simple to say, hard to, to do. You have to learn to be patient with yourself because um, maybe you don't know today what the answer is. Right. Um, maybe at 2.30 in the morning when you can't sleep and you turn on, you know, with, with me, I'll, I'll start surfing the History Channel or something like that. And then something from somewhere strikes and it's like, crap, okay, 2.30 in the morning, get up this is what you need, write it down, you know, uh, just be prepared, be prepared to be inspired and then don't be too lazy to act upon it. That's good advice. That's very wow. good advice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. So um, do you have a, a, a routine? I mean, do you like get up and practice for two hours every day or, or have some kind of a, a routine regarding your music or I got I got I got I know to break in on that question because I want to follow up on, on, on what he's saying there because okay. we're, we'll go back to it. All right. But, but so you're sitting in the studio with your hero, Tony Rice. You're playing your song. Was there any did you have any hesitation in your in your mind like, oh, is this is this right? I mean, are you, are you second and third guessing the whole thing? Or are, 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 were you just confident enough that you had a great tune and you were just going to go there? Oh, no, no. It was the, the song I knew was perfect. I had 100% confidence in the song. Now, confidence in my ability to play alongside the great one, not as much, but I knew the song was valid. Okay. Uh, but, uh, and, and really, and this is something I, I, I don't hardly ever tell this because I can't prove it. But at the end of the session, uh, Tony wanted to actually record that song with the Rice unit. Uh, didn't, didn't get to happen because he retired before he went back to the studio. But I knew in my heart that if Tony heard this song, he would love it. Um, I had no clue if I was going to be able to play it or not. <laughs> but I knew if I could just get enough of it there you know um i got it, I got it. i'm sorry to interrupt had it just no, 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 no. No. i i that is great follow-up i mean i i know that i would be way too intimidated i would be questioning everything about what i was doing if i had somebody of that caliber in the same room i i, I mean it's great you had the confidence uh, in your your abilities and in your your song and everything else. Um, you know, yeah. I think it I think it I think it comes down to the fact that you honor the song. Actually, the song becomes the song becomes its own thing, and that's what you're there to do. You're you're just kind of a steward of it. Exactly. I just gave the song what it asked for, and in that particular 
patient asking for Tony Reich. What's on your CD player right now? In, in my CD player right now, um, well, I actually, I, I do like, like most of the kids do now. Uh, I, I have like playlists, like, you know, the Spotify playlists and stuff. I am big into listening to Sarah Jarose, um, big Dave Matthews, Tim Reynolds fan. Um, I think what else is in there? Uh, Crooked Still. Uh, I'm listening to a lot of Crooked Still. Uh, anything Rice is, is in there. Like I think the last Rice album I had pulled up was Mara West. Um, oh, who else is in that spin? Uh, actually, list of some Billy Strings. Uh, I got some of Billy stuff pulled up. Um, Scott Vestal's new Bluegrass 2022 album. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's I have that's why I do, I'll have like my song my playlists, and they're all about 50 to 60 songs long. And so it's like, what kind of a mood am I in? Am I in a mood to listen to Ray Charles? So I've just got nothing but Ray Charles or Sam Cooke. Uh, if I want to hear Django, okay, so here's some some Django and some hot, you know, hot jazz club stuff. Uh, David Grisman, you know, quintet. Or, um, a big John Mayer fan uh, when John's on acoustic. Um, I, I listen probably to the complete opposite of what somebody who would be called bluegrass listens to. Um I'm amazed. I'm amazed you listen to Tim uh, Reynolds. Um, he is oh, he, he's, he's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Whoa! I, I I had some access to that to that that team and and was part of that when he and Dave toured that oh, little yeah. thing, that little thing by themselves. And uh, there, I mean, there were nights where I thought I was listening to a guitar being played inside a. a beehive wow you know, because it just his, his playing was so unbelievable you oh know? and his oh, his his imagination his yeah magic. yeah it's, it's everywhere and, and what a fantastic show and dave's songwriting and his dave matthews is a rhythm playing nut yeah that, yeah that is fantastic yeah that's a that, that that's a that, that that's a uh my uh I recently lost uh, my best friend who was their agent. Oh wow! I'm very sorry. Yeah, and um, and uh, they, uh, I got to see that band from under the table and dreaming to uh, to uh, beyond these crowded streets. And wow, they grew. Wow! Wow, they grew. You know, just unbelievably growing. Um, pure music. Yeah. Pure music. Is he your neighbor there in Virginia? No, that'd be cool though, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, you, you got the winery and, and, and yeah, all that. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll get to play Dave's winery. Uh, I, I would be more the guy who like you know warms up for the warm up band for Dave. Yeah, I I, I hardly think that. Yeah. Um, well, we 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 heard about the uh, the PBS special that I'm actually excited. Uh, hopefully, next year we'll get a chance to see that. Uh, what else is in the future? I mean, what do you have coming up? I'm I'm working on. I'm I'm in 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 my mind. I'm in the pre-production stage of another album. Um, there's still some songs that need to be finished. Um, but uh, there, there will be another album, but I, I don't know. My dream is to make an acoustic album basically that doesn't have to walk the lines of any genre. Maybe this song is a bluegrass song, but maybe the next song is, you know, uh, acoustic jazz. Or uh, It's really hard to, to make a living. Uh, and, and that's kind of what, what, happens is they force you to pick a box to survive in and the problem i have with that is not everything that comes out of me fits in that box so you're forcing me to shave the edges off of the you know off of the bird 
so that it can fly according to what you want it to. And it never comes out a way that pleases me when, when that happens. Uh, so I think, you know, maybe it's going to take me five years, but the, the next thing that comes out is going to be a hundred thousand percent exactly the way I want it to be. Uh, whether or not I exit or not, it's, that's okay. You know, that is, that is art. What, what about touring? Are you going to be getting out of back on the road at some point or? Um, I'd mostly like I'm asking to, to wonder if you're going to be coming out to California and playing in the uh, Bay area, perhaps make it easy uh, on some of us. Yeah, I would, I would love to, I would love to do that. Uh, right now, the TV show is kind of taking pressure, but I would like to do, you know, uh, I'd like to do some like cool gigs, you know, I'd love to come out, you know, to the Bay area and play. I'd love to uh, go back to Ireland and play. And uh, I'm talking to a friend about possibly going to Australia next winter. Um, but uh, I'd, I'd Let's see what TV does, because, man, I'll tell you what, um, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of, you know, I's to dot and T's to cross. And uh, uh, I'm kind of learning as I go. And, and there's there are guidelines. You can say this. You can't say that. You've, you've got to take, you know, we're giving you a half hour, but you've only got 26 minutes and 45 seconds of actual time. And how do you fit your sponsors into that? And we edit and there's, there's, there's a lot of work that, you know, just well, you guys know what I'm talking about. You know, you've got to streamline it and make it fit. Um, we don't have the constraints that you may have. We're, we're a little more free form. <laughs> no, no. See, this, this right here is is the goal. This is the this is the the freedom. Yeah, this uh, is this is really you're you're really right about that. This is this is just you know SCGC gives us enough latitude that we can really make it about what we want to make it about, and we want to make it about the players. And, yeah, and, and and I'll tell you, as a guy who's releasing his first motion picture on Wednesday. Yes, there are a whole bunch of I's to dot and T's to cross. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, I'm working with a new model in distribution. And when you said the thing about the box, when people, when you take a film to somebody or you take a project to somebody, whatever, film, music, whatever, always they seem to make you want to fit it into that box or their, right. bo their box. And the people that I'm working with on this are actually letting me design my own box. Awesome. Which, uh, which is a completely new experience. And also it's kind of like, no, I want to do that. You know, I want to try that. I want, I want, I want, I want to try something like that. Let's see how this goes. Let's try this. Let's try this kind of an idea behind it. And that, and I think that's coming to music. And I yeah. think that will come to distribution around us, around all of us, is that we will find a platform that will support us and then they'll just give us the key. And yeah. it, it's, it's an interesting ride, but I, I, I encourage you that it's out there for you. You know, you'll, you'll get it if you, if you keep looking for it. And I've looked for two and a half years for distribution. Um, yeah. You, when you find it and you find it and it's right, Right, you're, you're you're nervous of it because <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, this isn't supposed to be, you know. You keep going yeah. back and forth, but but that's out there, Brandon. It, it it is out there, and I can't wait to hear what you make. Oh, thanks, man. That's... I really can't wait to hear because I bet it's going to be earth changing. Um, I'm Please. just trying to keep it simple, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's let's just make sure it's in tune and in time. There you go. <laughs> yeah. um, just trying to be real is what's important. In tune and in time. I, that sounds like what I frequently have to tell my band. Yeah, in tune and in time. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Br Brandon, you have been unbelievably gracious with your time. Oh, hey, well, I'm just it's I'm having fun. So thank you very much for having me. It, it means the world. I'm really grateful. Yeah, we are too.
we are. Yeah, here. and if you ever uh, do have an opportunity to make it out here to the coast, know that you have friends who will help put you up and whatever you need to uh, give you a chance to uh, show off your talents to all the people awesome. out here. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit the guys over at Cruise and say, hey, have me at the next party. Uh, yeah, the, the Christmas party. Awesome. And if I'm they, always... If they couch. do it this year, yeah. If they do it Christmas party this year, that's that's a pretty big, fun time. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. As, long as, yeah. as long as I can uh, get on the plane safely. There you we, go. We, we still have to wait and see what that eggnog recipe is. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> Brandon will uh, will let you know as this is probably going to go up on Tuesday. Um, okay. So we'll let you know when it goes up and things like that. And um, again, thank you so much for this. Really, um, open in man. your heart. Yeah. No. And we'll, just, and we'll make we'll make sure there are all the links to your website and to all those other things. I don't know. We uh, never really talked about the fact, but we'll have to put in there to make sure people look up Brandon Lee Adams. So yeah, we'll they, we'll get it in there. Yeah. So, but. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks, guys. I stay in touch. You know, let's let's just yeah. call me on a Tuesday kind of thing. <laughs> got Sounds it. Sounds good. Sounds good. You got it. Thank hey. you. Thank you, sir. Be well. You, you too. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye, guys. We hope you enjoyed this installment of the Santa Cruz Coffee Break. For more music-related fun, please join the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum at scgcpf or santacruzguitarplayers.com. If you have any questions or possible podcast topics, please contact us. If you have a product or service that you feel would be of value to our listeners, please consider adding your support and keeping the coffee pot on. Contact us for more information. We ask that you hit the like, follow, bell, or bookmark buttons so we can keep you informed of upcoming podcast episodes. We hope you enjoyed Santa Cruz Coffee Break. Now it's time to go play your guitar.